Dr. Shabani. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. So I'm very well, thanks. Um, mm. For those who have missed us for a long time, um, with Dr. Shabani here, mm. and I am very pleased to sit down with you and have a conversation with mm. you. Likewise. Um, how does it feel to be a doctor? Yeah, it feels good. It feels good uh, in as much as, uh, you know, after every accom- accomplishment, there's another one looking forward to you. So it's like a stepping stone into another one. Mm. And the other one comes with a lot of responsibility. Mm. The excitement, not only the title, but, you know, there's responsibility that comes with it. Responsibility and uh, some expectations as well. Mm. So, but anyway, I'm excited to be given the opportunity to grow, you know, as much as those expectations and responsibilities await me. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's actually quite insight, mm. exciting. Uh, um, when you say responsibilities, uh, what do you mean? Uh, responsibility, I mean, is in both the academics and the industry. industry. Uh, because, you know, when I say responsibility, that means you are given more work. You say to him, more is given. More is expected. More is expected, yeah. yeah. To him, you study more, more is expected. Mm. Uh, because now it's like saying become a police person yes but then as you be as your title goes up there's more duties mm. and yeah so it's just an injury to more responsibility but obviously responsibility are not the same as while you still is doing it but you have to prove now the title mm. yeah while you're doing it you just try to acquire mm. qualification but now time to prove the qualification yeah, it's like saying marriage is the only institution where you get the certificate. Before you prove yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, when, when you say you're going to, you, you have to prove yourself, um, in, in academically, um, where do you get these belts? Who, who's, uh, who's assessing you? Okay, what I mean or by is is it because of maybe a project that you work on and you yeah, prove that you're a doctor? Yeah, in that? what I mean by proving myself is not necessarily to people. It's proving myself first of all to to the expectation of the qualification. Okay. Yeah, you see, and it's not like you just get a qualification you're relaxed. No, 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 you don't relax because you still have to grow in that position. Mm-hmm. And for you to grow in that position, that's what I mean by that proving yourself. So, so I'm not just gonna fold my hands. And just have the title, but there is no impact. Mm-hmm. So that's a proving myself. I'm trying to say, there's no impact over time. Now I need to be able to be uh, comfortable so that I can actually bring impact into the given qualification I have at the moment. So that's a proving myself. So I have to stand up and own it. Yeah, own it. Not just by after acquiring, but own it now. Yeah, that's what I mean by that. Mm, great. Mm. Um, so before we go further, Doctor, mm. uh, I just want you to um, just alert us what is it that you studied and um, oh. also expand on the the topics that you did to mm. acquire your doctorate. Oh, yeah, I did. I've done chemical engineering. Chemical engineering, um, this is just the conventional name they call it. But I can also refer to it as uh, industrial process engineering as well. So that's what I've done. Anything that you see around you has been made artificially. And for it to be made artificially, there's a certain, there are some 
there's a science behind it. There's also engineering behind it to get your raw material to final product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have this water here, water needs to be recycled. Water needs to be treated. So for it to be gotten from the initial state of um, how it is obtained and how you have to clean it, that's a processing that is involved. The same with papers. Papers are gotten from trees, but mm -hmm. you don't just get trees, you know. Sure. So anything like that. Uh, we have a lot of things. We have ink, we have pharmaceutical products, we have petroleum, we have many things that you can think of that you naturally chosen there, but man-made artificially. So now for you to have them made in larger scale, that's where the chemical engineering comes in. Okay. Yes. So, uh, what you just before you get into the mm. the, the topic that you talked about, Please. so you said that um, you you majored on industrial process engineering. No, no. That I was just giving a, a, a overview of chemical engineering. Okay. 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 Sure. Sure. But sure. myself, you know, uh, specializing uh, mostly on renewable energy. Okay. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about transportation liquid fuel, yeah. renewable energy energy that addresses the transportation um, uh, sector. That's what I actually measure on. Such as nowadays we have petrol, for instance, we have diesel. Uh, they all coming from crude oil. Mm -hmm. But then I'm actually not getting them from crude oil. I'm trying to get them from renewable sources, like organic sources, of which, you know, like oil, you know. Mm -hmm. Oil is an organic source. Um, Many things that are der derivative from organic materials and plants as well. Um, you can actually know there's a caloric value in them. And that caloric value, if I can refer to it, um, you can actually recover an energy from it. So that's what I actually measure. And I also measure material science. Material science. If you have any material around you, for me to identify what it is and what is it meant for. And then how can that material be processed into a certain valuable product? That was an area of specialization. Water treatment on top of that. And I'm not only talking about domestic water treatment when you sink, of which obviously I can also, um, I, I have expertise on that, of which I'm thinking actually one day I don't have to buy water. I can just use the same water that I'm dropping to my over. sink and the shower as well. Yeah, and yeah. see if, if I have a big house mm. and see how we can recycle it back. I think this assignment I give to the third year student for now. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I see. but I go as far as industrial wastewater treatment. Mm -hmm. Industrial, you have a lot of in the, um, companies that use water on a daily basis and they discharge them after use. Mm -hmm. Mining companies, for instance, as well, uh, causing a lot of discharge problems in the environment. And you find that most of them, at times, they don't meet the regulations to discharge these waters. Mm. And at times, besides just discharging this water, that's water, the same water that they're actually buying, it costs a lot of money for industry. To yeah, which makes sense, yeah. Because they have yeah. to get bring the, the yeah. fresh water coming. Domestic water is actually cheaper. I think it could even go for three cents. Okay. I'm um, just, yeah, if not three cents, between three cents and 30 cents, just a liter. Mm -hmm. But industrial wastewater, I mean, industrial water, um, I mean, them, they purchase it even to about three and a liter. So it's really quite expensive for them, companies, especially um, mining companies or just companies that use ex extensive amount of water. Okay. Um, so which means what you're doing now, mm. you are trying to, to find alternatives 
for petrol mm. and mm. for energy you mean when you said energy that means you're talking about things like fuel yeah especially transportation transportation fuel, fuel yeah. right yeah so why is that why are you looking for uh what's this alternative alternative yes <laughs> yeah very much it's a very, very evident question it's a very obvious question why because remember people have been complaining about the petrol price going up mm, yeah mm. back then petrol i think last year was 17 and right? now it's two right mm. i mean it's 19 nearly 20 range Almost petrol. 20 yeah true why because it we keep going up and up and whenever there's an inflation in price the effect is behind it mm. of which one of them i can actually mention is because we are only depending on one source of um, energy, energy yeah. which is fossil fuel, for us to obtain our common, our conventional um, petrol and diesel and many other products that comes from it. So, and you know that in South Africa, you do not have the natural reserve for it, um, if I'm not mistaken, but mostly crude oil is imported from other countries. Now, if someone can just use and find something around and use the same very raw material that is just easily found around and cheaper, why not use it? And then that cuts you down on cost of importing crude oil. And also, at the end of the day, it also gives you a, an opportunity of eliminating the monopolistic dependence on crude oil. And you know, when you have more than one source supplying a certain product, even the product itself over time, you know, it, it goes down in price. Mm, so mm. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't like to have petrol for 10 rent instead of us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think uh, that, that's actually a, a very beautiful initiative. Yeah. And uh, what makes the, the research that you guys are working on mm. uh, different from the battery? Uh, what is, because uh, battery is also another alternative which they're using yes. now, uh, which is... It's not necessarily batteries, it's also electricity because you have to charge the, the batteries. So what is the what is the difference between the two? Or if there's any similarities, you can also tell me all the similarities of, of that. Yeah, but first of all, you know, electricity, uh, what I can say, the technology that comes with it is quite costly. The technology that comes with it. I'm talking mm-hmm. about just building the battery. Yeah. You know? And the storages and all that the technology and the cost of it is quite high. It's if I can mm, uh, account on that, you see. And not only not only not only that, but also not everyone provides access to electricity. Uh, remember, I'm talking about a global project, of which you know, if you go to petrol station, it's something that has been traditional. I mean, using transportation fuel. Yeah. I mean, transportation liquid fuel it has been there and in as much as i believe that even the electricity has been there as well but it's a technology that is actually now evolving only recently so the advantage of it it's obviously is cleaner enough even the one that's actually seeking as an alternative is cleaner but then the cost to actually acquire it it's easier enough that everyone can even be able to afford than the electricity and the electricity as well uh, when it comes to the, um, let me say, lifespan. Let me say lifespan. What I mean by that is I can drive all the way from here to to Senegal as long as I have my fuel. Of which electricity, you know, 
there's going to be a lot of intervals, a lot of interruption along the way. Um, let me say you may chat for the whole day, you only end up driving for two hours. Mm. Of which, if you use uh, liquid fuel, uh, liquid fuel, you can actually drive longer than that. Mm. Yeah. So those are the things that you're looking at and also providing jobs because uh, electricity is more dependent. You know, how many people, you just if you can charge in your house, you're actually cutting down on someone's job mm. of which what you are creating is, is also actually bringing employment because it's depending on other people to come and be part of your work sure. um, system. Yes. Okay. And then um, in all... In all this now, mm. now that you have you have done this uh, this study, mm. um, what what how far are we from actually achieving um, that goal to replace petrol? And I think maybe the other question would be: when you make this design of this renewable energy, mm. do you make it to have similar properties as as petrol? So that at least you don't have to throw mm. away all the old cars yeah. and we still use the cars. Because yeah. if imagine now you guys come up with something oh, yeah, yeah. very brilliant. <clears throat> no, yeah, I see. But it's not compatible, exactly. compatible with the no. cars now. No, whatever you make renewable fuel, mm -hmm. it still suits to the requirement of the engine that are used at the moment. Mm. And not only do they have similar properties, they even have some properties that are better than the ones that are currently. Mm. Now, for instance, you find that you have a certain percentage of sulfur in your petrol. And over time, even the knocking in the engine, you know, it, it leaves out some knocking, um, some deposit over time because of, of things like sulfur and uh, carbon. Mm. But then, you know, when it comes to the one that's renewable, the cleanness is, is cleaner than that. Mm. Cleaner. So not only that, uh, no discharge of, or you very minimal discharge of carbon, Mm -hmm. to the atmosphere, I mean carbon emission, of which now the ones that are used, they're actually uh, emitting so much carbon dioxide and you know what's happening as a result of that. Global warming, and global warming has several impacts because of any source that uh, discharges carbon into the atmosphere. So that advantage we have actually over the one. Mm. That's one of it, yes. Okay, mm. so so how far are we from um, <laughs> getting this technology? Yeah, because, yeah. Um, like you said, it seems like this the petrol in, uh, industry, or well, I don't know what they call it, but mm. since there's there's quite a large um, what's this uh, politics behind. Yeah. So in terms of if you were to gauge yourselves in terms of uh, the introducing of the technology and mm. implementation, how far are we? from implementing that okay at the moment there's still actually a milestone to go but what i can tell you that uh, renewable energy in general renewable energy not only limited to to petrol uh, even ethanol you know which is used in other countries if you mm -hmm. um, biodiesel biogasoline you know there are many others if you actually look at it in, in general they actually uh, it comprises about 10% of the global energy distribution. So 10% globally at the moment is quite showing um, promising towards its development as time goes by. Mm. 
So steady by 10%. But the major one is still the fossil fuel sources. So 10%. So people are trying to evolve to 15, 20. But it's not a, it could be a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah, what I mean by decades, it could be a lot of estimation studies that are showing that natural natural um, reserves for global, um, for fossil fuel, uh, okay, they've been depleting, but natural reserves, there are a lot of studies and estimation that give it to about um, 10 years and decade or two mm-hmm. for it to be completely out, I mean the reserves. Mm-hmm. And now if we are not doing anything about it, we end up not having actually the very good oil because it's depleting at a faster rate than it's is being actually generated. Used here, yeah, yeah. So instead of just sitting down and wake up maybe ten years from now or fifteen years, twenty years and there isn't any natural um reserve for the fossil fuel, you know how much of an energy crisis could that be or create? Mm. So that's why we are trying to it's not just an alternative, but it's also to something that is being put to avoid the possibility of energy crisis in the future, in the future sustainable yeah. technology. Mm-hmm. So that's why, so it's not just an alternative as such, but also preventing the energy crisis mm-hmm. that is due to happen. Um, of which, as I said again, not everyone may will have access to electricity or maybe use this other technology. There are just a very few percentage of people. Okay. Yeah. So I just want you to just let me know in terms of uh, your doctorate journey, mm. right? Um, how how was it? How was it like trying to uh, not trying to? I don't know. You use the mm. word trying is mm-hmm. how was it? Yeah. How was it like um, when um, the whole journey from either starting from your post degree. Um, how was it that journey like? Oh yes, the journey at first was was quite exciting, mm-hmm. and uh, there was also a, a panic as well, especially when you look at other people who have done doctorate before and look at their work. You open their thesis, you realize that now I'm making can I be able to do this? Mm. How long will it take me to really write the whole book as they are doing it? You know that actually kind of threatened you at first. And even as I went through it, uh, it was still challenging because besides just the doctorate part, as you're doing doctorate already, mostly you are likely to be asked to assist in the department in, and also assist as a student in research work as well, especially those that are, who are below you. Mm. So it takes you into doing other things, being involved in other things uh, with students and research as well. But uh, it's something that you build slowly and you have to be very patient. And you being very patient, emotionally you get drained. Emotionally you get tired and you need to be able to balance your emotion. You need to be able to encourage yourself. Um, you need to be able to beat the anxiety and the worries because every day is expected of you to do something. Mm. So that was the journey. Every day there's something to do. There's never a day there wasn't anything to do. It's until you decide not to do anything. So... The tidy part and uh, the commitment part. You know when you are committed to something, whether you love it or not. I came to in the same marriage by doing PhD. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, uh, sure. I came to understand a little bit of a 
of marriage sure. when you come to commitment. Mm-hmm. There are days you won't feel like it. Mm. But you know, the work needs to be done. You know, it's a commitment. Like it owns you. Yeah, love, love is a decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just hope I'll make it. I, I just hope and trust God I'll make it for marriage after this. But yeah, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do, I do understand. Yeah. yeah. So there's somebody that always stands your way. There's somebody that you know, if you don't attend to it, more years are going. Mm, mm. You define the years because you're doing it independently. You're doing it independently. There isn't necessary, in as much as your supervisor can give you an alert to tell you that, no, I'm expecting this by this, mm-hmm. but you are the main determinant factor to make that time happen. Otherwise, you keep doing every year, you register, you continue, you continue, but you're not still moving if you're too comfortable. Mm. And then in terms of, in terms of the, the funding, um, I think you once <coughs> mentioned to me that uh, without funding, it becomes very difficult. Yeah, it becomes difficult. So, yeah. uh, in your case, mm. um, how was it like? Did you get like the funding? So, it became difficult because even when I started my doctorate, I was still uh, owning, I was still owing the institution from previous years for my master's. Okay. And I was not even um, allowed to register at first. But I don't know, miraculously, I think I had a certain deposit, and the deposit was not enough. Uh, just to kind of a negotiation, they wanted more, but still along the way I managed to register. But then the funding I was still owing, even though I started. Uh, the only thing that I was pushing on on the side of having f- money or finance is doing some part-time, either lecturing, part-time uh, or tutoring, or a teaching assistant, doing whatever I could to be able to uh, not only fund myself um, individually, but at times using part of the money to pay into my fees. Mm. Yeah, let me say if I make maybe four thousand, other guys for all this I'm gonna maybe two two thousand into the fees. Some other times I get four thousand or maybe five. I put three thousand, three point five into the fees, and I cut down on the budget when it comes to other things. Mm. Like mm. guys, this month I'm not gonna have shoes for the next six months. Mm. Sacrificial. That's how it goes. Um, but then over time, as I kept on, my push was into publishing. Uh, and into publishing, as much as I applied to many funding opportunities, still I was not being assisted. By, yeah. But you know, God always made his way. And uh, through many other publications continually, um, let me say one of my supervisors from UWC could come and say, okay, there's a portion of a certain amount from, from the research team that maybe this portion can cover your fees. While myself as well, I'm also doing what I can until I got even a part-time lecturing um, job and also assisting in summer schools. And summer schools, you can see that uh, if you're assisting in summer school, at least it's a good money. And that money must already dedicated to the fees. Mm-hmm. That money can already be half of your residence. And I was always seeking for her to do something like that, and especially on holiday, summer school and winter school, where you get that money and then you put it into your fees. And when you come next year for registration, they let you in because they, they can see that you're at least doing an effort without having any formal bursary, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So over time, that's how I was actually going through it. And also the advantage of knowing people in other institutions when it comes to analysis, required to run the research itself. Uh, you may find that uh, 
um, instead of always buying new things, that means I want to buy a new beaker. Mm-hmm. I do not necessarily have to buy it. I can just start to see what is, is it that someone has used before, but it's just lying there, but we do not know the value of it. Mm-hmm. And you clean it up and use it again. Some chemicals that cost a lot of money, um, reagent, for instance, we don't necessarily don't have to buy it. You can actually go and find out from all these different institutions. There should be someone who left one of the reagents in the cupboard. He just used maybe a little bit. Sure. And then the whole container is just lying in place. So by actually connecting with many students and finding out about knowing or trying to find out the people who are working in similar projects and the reagent that they may be likely to be using, mm-hmm. that I was able to collect some chemicals. But research cost it was also covered by my supervisor for AWC. Mm. But that I'm talking about when, before I got the research cost. Mm. Yeah, mm. research cost is unlike the living, but it's just uh, to cover up the cost to run the research. Okay. Yes. So which means before you got the research cost, you had to find money yourself. Yeah, I had to not really necessarily find money. I have to find means to acquire what is needed for that money to have done. Okay. Yeah, let me say a money is needed for a certain equipment, but I do not have the equipment, but I can find someone who has a similar equipment who is in steels and help me to achieve the same result. Results, yeah. Yeah, always. I do not have a certain chemicals, but I only need a certain amount and try to search around and find who has it. So when you're searching around, are you looking at uh, friends of friends or you're yeah, looking at... Yeah, a friend uh, and not only a friend, a friend... Colleagues? Who, yeah, colleagues from UWC and also... You also check the friend who has a friend. Also, people are doing similar projects as you. They are likely to have. To same. have those materials, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so was wasn't how was that? How was that? Um, the impact of that? Because now, yeah, you you're you're looking forward to yeah. being a doctor, mm. and you're going through all these ordeals of trying to get. Um, Material, if it's material yeah. or that was equipment. mostly when I was doing masters. Yes, at okay. least PhD. I'm grateful because uh, the UWC team actually came on hand on assisting me with research cost. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, actually, or let me rather say, masters. That way, it was quite draining because. But the good thing is, it, I was doing it full time at the mm-hmm. um, draining. But I was still said to be creative. You can still hit the same target, but just. Be creative and doing the same, um, something different. Yeah. If I cannot get a bottle to drink water, um, what can I think of to achieve the same outcome of drinking water? Sure. You know, I'll come out and check what is there that I can actually put together and still collect water and drink. Just those times that came, actually, I had to actually be as creative as possible. Mm-hmm. But then when you realize that it's your work, and as much as the institution is involved, but there's also an independent part of you. Mm. The institution is willing to help, yes, but at times, you know, there's certain things that take a little bit long. You need your work done quickly, and you have to probably wait until maybe six months, you know, while you want the work to be done. So while you're waiting, which that can be done, while you're waiting for the formalities and acquisition of funding and all that to, to find a project, then you have to do something. Yes. Um... The feeling when you realize that it's your own work and your life has to move on based on that, mm-hmm. then even don't put the blame or you don't put any 
anxiety on whether you are at the institution or not. No, you consider yourself as part of the institution, also playing a part in resolving a problem by the means that is available. Yes. Okay, so so uh, now, um, if I were to compare mm. the between masters and and PhD, mm. um, which one is more difficult? And uh, in your own in your own way, in terms yeah. of um, which one did you enjoy doing the most? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I can say still even masters quite challenging for me. Okay. I would, yeah, quite challenging, challenging for me. My PhD was harder when it comes to the part of compiling the whole thesis. It was harder and took me longer. Mm. So, master's was also hard, but not relatively as compared to the PhD. PhD was harder because even the load, workload, you know, this the experimental part of the work was more you see, you go a little more extra mile for your PhD than master's. I told you master's is more just about the acquisition of the skill because it's your first time from doing coursework, mm -hmm. but you, you need to acquire that ability to... To research. To research. Okay. And the topic that you probably can be working on, it doesn't have to be necessarily something that is very novel. It doesn't have to be something that you're trying to create something out of. No, no, no. You're not trying to create a knowledge. Mm. It's either you're just trying to validate the knowledge Mm. It's either you're trying to examine the knowledge, unless you are, but you're not restricted if you become creative in that. Mm. Mm. Yes, but what is expected on you is not really creativity, of which the PhD now is not just about the validation of knowledge, but it's also the creation of knowledge. Mm. Mm. That means it's not only research, but it's also development. That mm. means finding up a certain gap, and also your work should be identified by what is it that you're providing or what gap that you identify and the solution that you are providing, it's only you that is known by that, mm. with your fingerprint. That means okay. if you read any other book or any other articles, information on the topic that you are specializing on, you are the one who's known for that particular part. Oh, which makes sense now mm. why they start talking about things like brain surgery. Yes. That is, there's only this doctor who did this brain surgery or... Yeah, brain surgery... It can be done broadly by many other people. Yes, I mean like, but the person who started it, that that's where they actually uh, recognize yes. them. Yes. So that's where the development part and comes And the development in. comes now. Mm. Here comes Elon Musk talking about chips, mm, mm. you know, neuron chips. Mm -hmm. You see, now there's a little bit of a development on the, on the from brain. From the first one, okay. Yeah, yes, from the first one. Yeah. That means he's the, he's the one who knows, he's known for the chips now. Also, which means you guys, you kind of like find a gap. Mm. and just develop on yes. that gap and just specialize on yeah. it. That means okay. you must first be able to identify the gap. Okay. Talking about, um, so now you say that the one that you enjoyed the most is, did you tell me which one they enjoyed the most? But you said, you said, you said master's was easier. Yeah. Compared so to... Yes, compared to PhD. Yes. Yes. And then which one did you enjoy the most? Which one I enjoy the most? Uh, when it comes to the experimental hands-on work, um, oh, I, should, I don't have. In terms of, in terms of, uh, let's say, in terms of when you look back, you're like, okay, I think I liked this season. I like the 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 time when I was doing my masters more, or, or I like 
the time when I was using doing Oh it. yeah, I see. I like the time I was doing my PhD more than okay. the masters. Okay. Yes. Is it why? Um because of the hands on part. Okay. The hands on you have to go to the field, you have to go to the lab. There's a lot of hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Collecting data. You see, collecting data, a lot of hands on. To it to achieve a certain result. You do so much. Mm. You do so much. You spend more, a lot more hours mm. to do that. And the fact that at the moment I was doing my master's, I did not have a supervisor. My supervisor started with me, but over time, in less than six months, he resigned from the institution. So I was left without a supervisor. So I had to figure things out by myself as well. So the guidance into my master's was more independent guidance. So that what made it a bit also difficult for me. But I mean, for the master's part, that's mm-hmm. why I said at the end of the day, PhD is the one I enjoy more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I don't know how, where I heard this from, but I think your project was one of the best, which was recognized uh, by CBT, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that because I've I did not already do my presentation except one by CBT, mm-hmm. and I wasn't part of any. Um, except one presentation that you hear CPUT. And also, I wouldn't say much in terms of it being the best one because not everything was disclosed from the project. Mm. We still kept some information that I need to look through and probably publish as well as time goes by. Mm. So I didn't want to put myself out there in many um, conferences where I disclose my information in as much as it can be ranked based on that. Yes. So I would not really know about that information. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something that just, just was, was approved by the faculty after many reviews and after many proposals. I mean, after the proposal and many presentation reviews, like three presentation reviews, it was approved. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, that's, that's quite interesting. Mm. So, uh, you, you know, what I, what I like about you is it's... Sometimes it's very easy for us to just talk about uh, dog trade and uh, yes. and pushing from from varsity, and because now you're a doctor, mm. so what really interests me is your story. Mm. Uh, your story is quite interesting. Uh, when I talked to you the other day, you were like, "Okay, this is how everything started," mm. and uh, maybe before I get to your story, mm. um, why chemical engineering? Why, why did you choose chemical engineering? Mm. Yes, I think I got inspiration to do chemical engineering via school exhibitions. When I was still doing grade 10, mm-hmm. I was exposed to a lot of career expositions and not only career exhibitions, because I was also doing math and science. And I happened to have been among the top students in my high school. And from there, we were given opportunity as top student to go and represent the school in different competitions like Olympia. Mm-hmm. And also we got a chance to go to, to have gone to Kimberley uh, to visit Patrice Motsepe's mine. So mining, you know, when you get so ex- exposed to that, yeah. competition gets so exposed to that. And the chemistry as well, the love for chemistry, which is the basic science to to chemical engineering. Um, so those are the things that actually, you know, sparked my interest yeah. to doing chemical engineering. And uh, also the reality of it is chemical engineering encompasses for 
other engineering that I can say. There's always an aspect in chemical engineering that talks of, talks of other engineering, civil, mechanical engineering, industrial engineering, and what other engineering can I talk about? Yeah, I think yeah, you are right in terms so of. So it's a, like a center. It's like a basis, yes. It's like a yeah, basis, a foundation. Yeah, center to it, and it goes as far as not only that, it goes as far as to business as well. Mm-hmm. Business aspect. True. It goes as far as management aspect. It goes as far as uh, mm, computer <laughs> skills aspect. So it's a center that I actually like, review and actually I've been able to see it as well. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> so it, it goes as far as horticultural sciences, mm-hmm. landscaping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you see the science whenever you have to put a seed mm. and make sure that the seed produces a tree. Mm. Remember, a seed is just the raw material. Sure, sure. Just like I told you, raw material, a tree is a raw material for papers. Yeah. The seed is a raw material. Definitely. And then you put it into the ground and you process it over time. Mm. And you make sure that you monitor the processing phases until the whole tree comes out. Mm. So we go as far as medical sciences as well. You make a lady pregnant, <laughs> there's a process. Yeah. For that sperm to turn and uh, ovulate the egg and fertilization taking place until you have a baby. Mm. It's a process. Mm. But that's a natural process. But then any natural process can be mimicked. This is where chemical engineering is coming. Okay. We have alcohol in our body that mm. get produced. Okay. Yeah, because we eat a lot of sugar and all that. There's alcohol that get produced in the body. Even carbon dioxide as well. But then you find that, uh, obviously, this isn't because the body needs alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I hope people are not getting me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The body needs alcohol. It's a... Sure. To, you know, there are certain functions that come, goes with alcohol. But then I don't say the boy doesn't excess alcohol. That's mm. excess alcohol. That's not another thing. Now. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you can see that there's alcohol produced within the system when mm. there's fermentation. Mm. The sugars, you see, and bacteria, fermentation, alcohol, which is specifically ethanol. And that ethanol, as I said, is also contains energy. Mm. And that energy can be used for something. You see, the body, for instance, when you're fat, building up, this energy that is produced, the energy that now you have to find a way on how to exercise to get rid of it, that energy in the body can be used to produce electricity. So energy is not only limited to chemical engineering, where it's being produced from a certain source, it goes as far as biology and a medical field, pharmaceutical industry, whatever mm. you buy as a product, it wasn't like that naturally. So you see the interest in chemical engineering, it navigates you in every other aspect of life. Um, and you can still find yourself among other um, uh, specialization or studies. That's what actually sparked my interest over time. Yeah. Yes. I think uh, what, what, I, what I'm actually finding out is mm. the, you knew what you wanted. Mm. Uh, I I even love the way you're explaining it mm. now. I can see that you actually love chemical oh. engineering. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's it, it makes sense now that you you're a doctor in mm. one of the the fields, mm. which is renewable energy. And uh, I believe I believe uh, there's something big that's coming. And exactly. um, <laughs> and 
in terms of uh, the renewable energy, you can't really disclose certain things, just like you mentioned, because... Uh, Let me rather say, what cannot be disclosed is mostly the formulation. Formulation, even it's more technical that even if you give it to someone who doesn't understand it, it's... Oh, I see. I see, it. yeah. So yeah. can you mention the, the raw materials of what you're using to create yeah. the... Yeah, that I was saying now. You see... Um, I can talk about, when you talk about renewable energy, mm-hmm. um, things that uh, exist in nature, uh, specifically I'm talking about uh, biomass sources. Okay. That's one of them. Biomass, why are they renewable? Because they grow in nature. They grow in nature. I mean, there won't be a time where they're actually running out. Mm. God created the world, created the earth, and automatically you have trees that grow. So there's that cycle, so which exactly. makes it renewable. renewable. Okay. So, but, but then still. God did not directly create crude oil. Okay. Crude oil is just an outcome of decay, you know, organic mm. decays. And sure. you say animals and plants, they decay over many years. I mean, they get buried and under pressure for over 500 years to 800 years. And then they get honest because of the pressure and then they turn into coal, oil, and gas. Yeah. But naturally, God did not create that. See, now, it, how long does it take for it to get converted? And then that's good oil comes out. Yeah. That natural gas comes out. Sure. So it's not directly naturally obtainable. But renewable is something that you can even plant it in two days. In less than three months or two months, you can actually get it. Mm. That's what makes it renewable. Sure. Yeah. So, am I answering the question actually? No, you you, you are touching on the question uh, just a bit because the question was mm. um, so you can't really disclose. Oh yes, actually, I just mentioned the biomass. The so it's, it's so biomass. basically in terms of you can just answer yes. it in general that it's yeah. a biomass. I just say biomass for now. Why? Mm. Because remember. The market is more into the certain which biomass. Mm. So that's where I can actually not disclose. Disclose, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because it's yet something that needs to be developed. And uh, also because of the uh, confidential, confidential mm. charity between me and the people we are collected in. Yeah. So that makes it a bit, at the moment, not really talk much more about this, um, specifically to mention the. Yeah. I I, th- I I I respect that. Mm. Um, we want you to mm. own all these rights and uh, change Africa for, <laughs> for yeah, us. Yeah, uh, I'm not really monopolistic about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's something that you still need to be given value. Mm. And if it needs to be given value, that means you have to be able to also cover it a little bit more until you get to your formulation so that people can actually value you see, the value, not because of selfishness, but because of growing the value and preserving the value. That's mm. a part of it. Okay. Yeah. So that can, yeah, people can value it. And also you're putting value on it as well. So, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to, mm. to that time where, we, whether it be in the next 10 years or in the next 20 years, and then I'm just seeing Professor. <laughs> professor Shawani. Uh, you know, it's funny. Yeah. When people hear about professors and doctors, like I, you know, at the at the back of their minds, like ah, you are becoming a lecturer. Mm. And you know the fear and the challenge that comes with 
hearing professor. Okay. You know, many people are like, nah, not for me. Mm. You know mm. what I told you last time? I said to you that no, everyone is a specialist. Mm. At the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You all specialize in something. Okay. Whether you're a doctor formally, you still you're gonna be a doctor informally mm. in yeah. something. Okay. Anything that you ponder on after you receive your general qualification, and you ponder on and focus on for the entire rest of your life, that becomes your specialization. I believe so. That becomes your specialization. At the end of the yeah. day, we always narrow into something that you end up doing more for the rest of our lives that even when you're sleeping someone you can even talk you can even say it out mm. so whether you do doctorate or by school or by academics uh, means or not you're still going to be a doctor into something mm. Mm. <laughs> I, think yeah, I think you're, 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 you're right yeah. there uh, when you say that you, you'll you become a doctor in something at mm. a point mm. um, whether, whether you're a musician Mm. Uh, you do yeah. music, you become a doctor. They become a doctor in you it. You become a specialist in it. Specialist in, in it. Because yeah. now you have to think of being creative. Mm. Uh, if everyone has been singing as a zonto and how's music in this way, mm. Mm. now you have to think, I can add on top that no one has known that. Yeah. And there are many of them actually that come out. They dedicate their f- lifetime. I mean, they, they come more than 10 years of their life doing it. Sure. Uh, which PhD doesn't even take you 10 years. It doesn't even take you more than four years if you're dedicated. Mm-hmm. But people are putting 10 years, 20 years into something. Mm. So they're still doctors. Dr. Malinga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still doctors in it. Whether you do gangsterism, mm-hmm. you do drugs in the streets, you know the corners, you know what are the better products, you know the better ways on how not to be caught. Yeah. The yeah. fact that you know the better ways how not to be caught, that means you've been also you have been a master, so you have been uh, pondering on that. Yeah, yeah. Then I call you. I ordain you as doctor. <laughs> I think it makes sense why they also um, there's this thing, um, this honorarium doctorate. Oh, the way they honor you. Mm. This will be a, a school thing that we're gonna give you a doctorate in mm. whatever. I think it's actually quite nice as well. Yeah, you can look at it. If you look at it, is you see that's what I'm talking about. Still, someone can be a doctor in as much as uh, he did not do it by academic means, but the work. Remember, the specialization. Specialization is when I'm actually attending to it, and while someone is just part of his calling, part of his daily work, and he find himself actually doing it for many years, many years, many years, many years. And he has achieved by doing it. Mm, mm. That's an honorary doctorate. That's a doctor in a way, mm. uh, specializing and providing solution. Yeah, I was, you know, when I'm thinking about specializing and providing solution. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's like say when you become the doctor of your wife's, of your wife's heart. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Eh? Yeah. Become the doctor of her heart. Yeah. Because yeah. you know her for many, many years. Mm. And you know how to go about her. You know how to, I mean, mm. still specializing in her heart yeah. on how to make her yeah. happy. I think you have uh, uh, some really nice nuggets. Let me be the doctor of your oh. heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you, you could you could really uh, be a very good uh, 
doctor of love. <laughs> you can just help a lot of people. I think, yeah. I think we should call for another podcast. Podcast. <laughs> just, just to talk about that side of things. Yeah, that's actually quite nice. Yeah. So, um, doctor, this, this is what I like about you is um, the, the achievements that you have had now, they didn't come cheap. Mm. They came out of a lot of determination and the focus. Because uh, you mentioned to me that uh, when you left your home country, uh, which is DRC, Congo, um, you left at a very young age. Mm. Um, I just want you to just explain um, how was that feeling of leaving home to say you're going to pursue this? So what was the reason of you leaving? And let's say you can also tell me how old were you at the time when you left home? Yeah, I think I was still a teenager. Mm-hmm. Just 14 towards, about towards 15. Mm-hmm. Yes, at the time I left home. And it was actually exciting. What I mean by exciting is because at first, uh, I didn't know that I was actually coming to South Africa. Mm-hmm. I just knew of an opportunity that I need to pursue somewhere else. And that was in Mozambique, if I recall well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first, second living of home. I also left home earlier than that. That was, but then still I was used to, I, I left my grandfather's, I mean, that's the home where I was also taken at a younger age. Mm. But I left there. But then the incident of leaving that side was more to joining my father. Mm. And not only joining my father, but because also of the, political wars that were involved okay. in the east of Congo by then. Yeah. So that was the first living. Mm, mm. And then from that first living, I was headed towards my father. And then over time, the opportunity now, uh, look at the opportunity in as much as oh yeah, you have a living, but it is always a better opportunity somewhere, uh, which is more valuable. I mean, whatever skill or whatever you do it would be more valid. So Living home was the exciting part was the opportunity pursu- being pursued, uh, which was I mean, was being headed to to Mozambique, and the guys that I was actually connecting with they were working for a logistic company, mm-hmm. and over time they managed to plan to they were planning to own their own logistic uh, big trucks and transporting stuff import and export from Southern Africa to East Africa and Central Africa as well. Yeah. So I saw myself over time, you know. I'll be like the one of the boys who's traveling with them and then assisting them and over time I can also tune in yeah. into the the company. You see? So I'm saying, yeah. But then things didn't go accordingly. Mm. As much as a younger age, normally they're supposed to have put me into their um have me as their their son. Mm. So I was trying to see if they can actually claim me for nationality. So that things can be easy for me as I get to Mozambique. But unfortunately, that process ended up not being viable. That's straightforward, yeah. Yes. Along the way, things happened that uh, uh, got me a bit uh, illegal in terms of immigration, mm. the identity as well. So that's where they pursued to doing it. It's mm. actually interrupted. Yes. So, so in the... In that in that time, you mm. um, getting your way to to Mozambique. Mm. So you when you left home, you wanted to be in in logistics. 
and mm. join join someone in the logistics. Mm. And where did you where, where were you um did you get trouble now cuz how were you getting how were you getting moving from home to to Mozambique how were you getting there yeah as i just said again i got in uh, in contact with those guys mm-hmm. um the two of them so when they were traveling to from east africa going back to south africa yeah that's where i hooked i was hooked with them so okay. that, when the second time when they come back they pick me up so they managed to pick me up and then after picking me up we had to travel but then traveling was not legally done yeah it was traveling and then you know that as you travel you just hide from one point to the other mm-hmm. yeah because you can well be accommodated in these transportation like trucks yeah yeah so that if you know that you are reaching out a certain post border post or immigration post you know it's this tidy so i know where to hide and they know sure. a new way to put me yeah yeah but then unfortunately there's just one part where i could not hide enough so that's where i was caught and mm. that was interrupted my pursuit to actually be um to working with them so, so so which means that being caught meant meant being detained or being in prison yes being being be, yeah i can say being in prison yes yes being in prison and also the fact that we just we not being caught also being uh, being with uh identification yeah being found that the identification of the guys were trying to put me into i was not actually their actual son mm. and mm. they were not they did not finish with the uh, uh um acquiring all the identification they were trying to get for me so because of that i was kept in uh, prison for sometime and then you are young mm. and you had an idea of where you're going did you know who you were going to uh, on the other side and did you have any means of communication just to at least try to alert everyone okay this is where you are yeah, for nearly my month i did not have a communication with my either family mm. Because I did not have any means of communication as well for nearly a month. Mm. But I believe those guys somehow, when they reached either Jobek or Mozambique, I'm sure they were able to communicate to my family. So at least they knew that he was detained somewhere. Mm. So that me, I was not the one who was able to communicate to either of them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then uh, were you detained once or was there, was there a specific place where you were detained? Uh, were you only detained once? I was able to pass through many other posts. It's mm-hmm. only one, eventually. Mm. Yeah. And then where where was that? Botswana. In Botswana. Mm. Uh, so how long were you detained when you were there? About four months. Four months. Mm. And then how was it like? Uh, At first it was hard. The environment that you're not used to and the people. Mm. And... Uh, just being in one place where you feel like your life is now stuck. Mm, mm. And you're actually wondering, oh, when am I going to come out of here? Because I end up not going to school. I end up not having a, a life or a future because you don't know how long it's going to be there. Yeah. At first. But over time, got used to it. Mm. They're getting used to it. You obviously, you meet with people there. Uh, and as much as they are all different people. But over time, you get used to it. Just about a month. 
I was already getting used to it. And not only getting used to it, also had people who protected me. The fact that I came when I was younger, I was able to be identified easily. Mm, mm. Now, here comes older people, older men, people that have been there for years. Yeah. And who actually had that sympathy. And as a result of that, like, no, this young boy can chill with us. Yeah. You see? This young boy can chill with us. And that's a kind of a protection now because those guys, I mean, people are known for who have stayed there for more than two years. Mm. You see? And the exciting part is the social part. Because there was a time where we had to go play soccer. And, you know, I was known now for playing soccer now. Sure, sure. And for being known for playing soccer. It made me a little bit popular as well. And, you know, fans. And as much as I was young, but I was able to score among the older men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were the top goal scorer when no, you were no, in. I, I wouldn't say that because, but I don't remember of anyone being mentioned as top so goal scorer. Yeah. But I was contributing to goals. Oh, I Not see. Not only contributing, scoring sure, as well. Sure, 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 mm. sure. And then, now, now that you're there, how how do you move on from there? How do you get to go out from from prison? Yeah, you know, normally I thought, according to what the papers and other people that had similar cases as me, usually mm. they spend more than a, a year. Mm-hmm. The people that I made there were there for two years and three years. Mm-hmm. But luckily, there was a lady who came from the United Nations mm. and who found out that I was there. And the, there are guys also who left before me, just like three weeks after I came. They went to do their best outside so that they can be able to contact various people and see how can I be assisted. And those guys, they knew of an information of a lady coming from the United Nations. So they came visit me by the cell, and then they told me that no, more or less there's a lady who's coming to visit this place, and you have to be strategically. You have to be strategically. That means they tried to organize a certain meeting for me to come out of the cell, so that I can, you know when you, you're allowed to say, let me say you're sick, and it is your right for them to come and pick you up from the cell, Okay, so the bodyguards, I mean, the guards will not be around until they take you to the van. But before you go to the van, there's an administration mm. where they have to just put some paperwork. Okay. Yeah, it is. You can do that. So they gave me ideas as what I should do so that when that lady comes, I should be at the admin point. Mm. So the lady, don't come, she won't come into the cell. She's mm. only going to end by the admin and go to a certain office. Okay. But okay. then I need to be positioned in such a way that when she's there, I should be noticed. Mm-hmm. And once I'm noticed, and I'm younger, for that age, I'm not supposed to be there. Mm. At least the United Nations, they're going to apply their own set of rules as for the minors. Yes, yes. And that's what actually happened. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you get there at the administration, just cry out so loud. You know what I mean by crying out so loud? Okay. So the whole building should hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the that was the plan. The guys came and sit me down, sure. including the guys who left and came back to yes. visit. Just to and those it. were there. Inside. Yes, yes. So, in in your mind, you are you're doing all these things. Mm. So, does she find you? Does she? The, what happens when when you after you screamed? Yes, I was actually. Noticed. Yes. Yeah. And after being noticed, the case went further to find out who is this. Mm. 
And by finding out who is this, then I had to be called to be interviewed with the lady. Mm. Yes. And I was also told by the guys what you guys should actually bring about when I'm doing my interview. Mm. Mm. Yes. And that lady now, she had to advocate for my case. She makes she works for human rights mm. in the United Nations. And after advocating for my case, then they had to process my way out of the prison. That's one thing. And then that's how the processing went on. Actually, they made me a traveling document for deporting me mm. back to the Congo. Okay. Yeah. So um, from there onwards, you, um, did you did you head straight to South Africa or? No, I, I was deported towards the Congo. Mm-hmm. But when I got to Zambia, mm. I was denied entry to Zambia because I need to get to Zambia for me to reach Congo. Yeah. But I was denied visa. Okay. In Zambia. So that means if I'm denied visa, they're supposed to also cool. deport me back to Botswana again. Botswana again, yes. But then when I noticed that in the time is this, I had to find my way now by the border. Mm. I didn't want to go back to Botswana because they were taking me back there. Mm, mm, mm. Because now it's going to be a long story and it's been Definitely, a, yeah. Yeah. Because that lady, while well, he left already, who was actually working on the case. Yeah. So when you go to Zambia, they were trying to discuss my matter about the immigration. And, oh, who brought you here? Because what the police did from Botswana, they just dropped me by the, by the border. And then I had to cross the Zambes. They put you in a boat. Mm. You cross the Zambes and you are on the other side of Zambia. And then the guys went. Then so they just dropped you there? Yeah. But normally what Zambia expected is them to come with me. With papers explaining everything. Yes. yes, yes. But they, know they just dropped me. Mm. Here is the ship. Here is the paper traveling. And then when I go to the other side of Zambia, they see a young person. They're like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And who are the guys who brought you? So now it's that's only that's gonna create another conflict now with me to being in Zambia. So when they were talking, trying to say, okay, wait here, we're faced attend you some people, your case need to be looked at. Let me say you have to pass this house for you to enter another country. Yeah. But you are waiting by the passage. Mm. But then what I had to do now, like no, this case is gonna cost me. Mm-hmm. I was really thinking. So what I had to do is, I noticed a, a group of tourists were coming out. Actually, they were served first. They were still a queue. Mm. A group of white tourists were coming out. So when they came out, I walked in between them as if I was... Part of the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know when you're about to enter is, mm-hmm. I know I don't allow you. Wait for the group to come in so that you walk in. As yeah, well as yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. And then I walked with them. That's why. And the guy did not notice me. They thought maybe I just walked. And that's why I go to Zambia. So I had to enter Zambia illegally because I was not approved for the entry. Mm, mm. And go to one of the cities. One of the cities, that is after entering, I look for the nearest taxi. Luckily, I had some money because when I was in prison, mm. the guy who left before me and visited me gave me the information. Okay. They also came and put money. Oh, I see. Yeah. But the money he put, you are not given the money directly, mm-hmm. but he's put into your account. There's a prison account where by know whatsoever that you, you when you were caught, they caught you with maybe cell phone, whatever mm, you had, they keep I it see. somewhere under your name. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. someone is allowed to visit you and bring you something. And, and just leave it on your account. Yes. Okay, okay. 
So that's why I go to Zambia. Mm, mm. But then I could not persist to the Congo. Mm. Because there were too many roadblocks after about mm. migration. Yeah, yeah. But the furthest I could go is to go to a town called Itwe. And from there, I knew someone. I knew someone that was back then, was still on my way, coming. Mm. And someone that was coming from the Congo, but was staying there. I knew someone. And I used to stop by them. While I knew that I did not have papers to feed them, it was Congo. Mm. And when I go, when I was there, now I used to stay there for nearly two or three months mm. in Zambia while trying to sort out my papers. Sure, sure. And that's what the motive now to try again and come back to South Africa to join those guys. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 So, so you got the motive. So, after getting the motive, how, how then do you. Yeah. Do you get the side? Do yeah, you also the find the it? Motive, you know when you say you left home, everyone knows that you left home. Mm. They don't even know that you are in prison somewhere. Mm. And going mm. back suddenly like, hi, they thought maybe you left. Mm. So those are the motives. But now going back this side, that's another story. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then over time, the guy who actually hosted me, he also helped me to acquire traveling document. Sure. And this time, not using the Botswana's way, but using the Zimbabwe's way, so I can actually get insurance back. Mm. Yeah. So you get this side, and I think that's what I like about your story mm. is you is against all odds, and the beauty the beauty of life now is you have you have overcome all these hurdles, mm. and now you're a doctor. That's why the first question that I asked was, how does it feel to be a doctor? Yes. So coming back, I'll, I'll maybe want to ask that question again. How does it feel to be a doctor after all these ordeals that you have to um, yes. deal with? Yeah, it feels like a dream can be achieved. Mm. Any pursuit can be achieved. And uh, it also reveals that now I'm able to pursue any other things. You see, it gives me that confidence. You see, giving that confidence, being able to achieve anything, and the confidence also of inspiring other people. Yeah. Home have everything around them, probably they did not see that. Mm. And we just need an open eye. Yes. So the feeling is confidence and also empowering others mm. through that. Yes, that it feels. So, and also it gives me a certain approach to life, which is educative. Mm. Yeah, a certain approach to life. The same way I approached resolving a certain problem, the same way I'm looking at it from uh, being a doctor, has an approach to resolving your life. Uh, and also setting yourself a challenge and finding ways on how to resolve the challenge. So it makes you fearless. Um, as far as the challenge is concerned, and being able to stand up uh, to facing the challenge and solving the problem. Yeah, because um, I think um, in my in my I I don't want to say experience, but in my in my understanding is for a person who has went through that character building mm. uh, experiences. Um, I don't think there's anything that can stop you. Yes, there isn't. Provided that also 
I keep meditating. Mm. Meditating is doing a reflection of where you come from and also keeping up the mind and developing the mind. Because when you tend to forget the steps and what you've where been you doing, from, yes, yeah. you know, a mind is something that needs to be reminded, something that needs to be motivated mm. and using a certain image or using a certain weight, a certain guidance to keep pushing you. Mm. So I look back. This far has gone. What did I do? And if I can go further and do even better, what more should I do? So there's a lot of education in it. Just because of that, but it also in many other things, aspects in life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I really agree mm. with that. Uh, mm. That um, as I was saying that there's nothing that can actually stop you. Mm. The ability, sorry, sorry about that. The ability to maintain focus for that long. And not only that, but also be successful. Because um, not everyone is a doctor, mm. by the way. We we went to school, but we didn't get to the point where we say, okay, we want to be doctors. And even the way that you're explaining how you got to be a doctor, you can see that you were jumping hurdles. You were making things happen. And now you're a doctor, mm. and the discoveries that you have done in renewable energy. And I think the last time I talked to you, we talked about um, uh, making an impact mm. to either the country or to the things around you. And uh, I'm convinced that you will have that, that impact in, in, in South Africa and with everyone around you. And I'm super pleased to meet you. And um, I'm just one fan, just cheering. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just cheering exactly. behind you that, yeah. yeah. Exactly, because I see a lot of young people. Yeah. I see a lot that are still trying to pursue what we are pursuing. Sure. And uh, it doesn't just come with the means, let me say, you know, as much as you can be financially supported, but, you know, mentally, mind. You see, it's a lesson that you're probably not given the dedication of. Mm. But it helps you once you learn about it still to achieve your pursue as well. Yeah. So those are the things that I would have to probably also empower young people. And beside the resources, how do you stand without resources? How do you stand independent of the resources? But then it's now depending on the inner you to bring the outside. You see? Yes. Yeah. That's very beautiful, mm. Doctor. Um, I think this was very nice uh, mm -hmm. having a chat with you. Mm, and uh, definitely we'll have another chat when you have cracked Hopefully. the biggest <laughs> the biggest challenge that we have now. This one you want to talk about, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you know, you know, we wouldn't remember that they won't just come out now because yeah. uh, there are a lot, you know, there are a lot. Uh, depending on the question and when they are available. Yes, definitely. But it was nice meeting you, Doctor. Uh, have a wonderful night. And uh, we'll chat again. I don't know if there's anything that you want to tell, if maybe advise young people out there. Um, maybe leave them with a message. Yes, uh, my message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my message is um, understand your life. Understand your life. And I don't know the day, whatever you do. Open towards something. Whatever that is pointing towards is the benefit of women. Yeah. 
Bem que queria entender que tem que queria entender só se dois escutarem que se tinha tudo tudo me se tem mandis e mandis e nas noites de escutarem por enquanto pode ser que deixem mas tudo Just hold on. Yeah, that's quite profound. Uh, it's really profound. I, I really like that. And uh, I believe people are listening. And whoever is listening to this, uh, you'll be uh, blessed by this. And uh, thank you very much, Dr. Dr. Shawani. And keep well. <laughs> All right, cheers.